Change is strong, and you can experience it at Gold's Gym. For a limited time only, join the most supportive and dedicated community in fitness for just $1. Get access to the latest cardio and strength equipment, the best group exercise classes, and expert personal trainers dedicated to your success. A stronger you is waiting at Gold's Gym today. Tap the banner now for a free pass. Offer ends February 29th. Valid with select new memberships at participating locations only. Commitment required. Annual fee and other restrictions may apply. Happy Monday. And again, congratulations to my New England Patriots because my producers were not rooting for them. <laughs> Kevin Cirilli, finance reporter for The Hill, joins us, author of its financial services newsletter, Overnight Money. Hey, Kevin, how you doing, buddy? Happy Monday. Well, I think you're doing a little bit better than I'm doing, but congratulations. Hey, what is it with all you East Coasters? What is it with all you East Coasters not supporting a team that is east of the oh, Mississippi? Come I on. I could never get on board with Tom Brady bandwagon. I, I you know, hey. What can I say? He's a cheater. Oh, God. I don't think he's a cheater. Um, <laughs> but you know what? It, it, you know what? They still would have been in the Super Bowl, I think, regardless of the balls. I really do. Well, yeah. you know, And, you know, I'm kind of down today after watching all of those depressing ads i mean oh what yeah funny commercials <laughs> yeah i know i i agree i agree with i agree with you and i didn't watch the halftime show how was that i'm really bad we you know i i came in at almost the fourth quarter um but hey i have two kids with a social life that you know rivals i you know i swear like you know uh probably tom brady's uh but again, <laughs> uh, but uh, kevin uh what, how, what did you think of the uh halftime show i i would have hated it because i think it was katie perry but i do like lenny kravitz were those the two that were there Wendy Kravitz was singing a Katy Perry song, which is oh. interesting. There were Katie oh no, oh so wrong. Yeah, but, you know, I I I gotta say I am a sucker for the song Firework. It always you know makes me like want to go out and run or like be ambitious. You know what I mean? It's a it's a pump up. Your song, so. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a great Beyonce fan, but what they played a couple, she was the halftime show a couple of years ago, and she was so sexy, I was questioning my sexuality for about a moment, you know. <laughs> um, but Katy Perry, my daughter loves Katy Perry. I can't stand, you know, Katy Perry. Unfortunately, my daughter's six, so she's not old enough for us to be dragged as parents to those terrible concerts. <laughs> but, um, but oh, uh, Lenny Kravitz, if he sang American Woman, there's something very sexy about that guy um, it, to me. But, um, uh, Kevin, I'm, I'm sure maybe not to you, love but uh let's yeah, talk no. about something that <laughs> definitely democrats find a bit sexier more than so republicans do and that's the uh, president's plan to unveil a four trillion dollar budget uh that busts spending limits and that's not sexy at all uh, to uh, republicans but there is one area of agreement we'll get to that in a moment uh, but let's talk about this unveiling today of the nearly four trillion with a t dollar budget for 2016 and it offers more tax cuts for the middle class which he and democrats are definitely about Exactly. So really, this is a continuation of the policies that he pitched during the State of the Union address. It would increase taxes on Americans earning more than $500,000 annually. It would also boost funding for a lot of the Wall Street regulators that have some tax breaks in there for middle-class Americans. Um, it would boost funding for the regulators, as I mentioned, but also uh, 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 increase regulations and increase fines on financial deals for the big banks and big financial institutions overseas. It would lower, actually, which I thought was pretty interesting, the uh, corporate tax rate, uh, which could be an area for potential bipartisanship. So I just got off the phone with a Republican. He said that he's not really looking too much into that simply because it doesn't lower it far enough in the way that Obama wants to pay for it. Of course, they have issues with it. 
really the bottom line here is this is a continuation of the president's Robin Hood tax plan um, and uh, a starting point for uh, a debate on the sequester, which I'm sure you're going to ask you about, uh, coming up in the fight for in October. Wow. Um, now, let's talk about one area uh, that, you know, I'm told, and I'm not an economic finance person, you know, like you are, but the earned income tax credit. Is this an area where we could have bipartisan agreement within this proposed plan uh, the budget yeah, by the president? that's a great question. So a lot of folks here in Washington are talking about corporate tax reform and the earned income tax credit kind of wraps into that in many ways. And that's um, you know, it, it really is just it, it's part of the larger debate. We can get really wonky and technical, but the bottom line is that people like Paul Ryan as well as the White House really pushing to have some type of corporate tax reform that would boost, uh, that would change the tax system and tweak it and boost Main Street businesses and helping them uh, with their tax rates as we head into the final two years of the president's proposal. Yes, the, the short answer is yes. That is an area where, where Republicans and Democrats agree in, in, in that particular instance. But where it gets really technical is the, so that's the source of revenue uh, stream. So if they want to lower a tax rate there, President Obama wants to increase spending in another area, and Republicans get really, they don't really like that because they say, well, if you're going to cut tax rates and you're cutting your revenue source to the government, then you can't, you know, increase spending. So that's where it's, it, that's where the, 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 the devil is in the details, if you will. Um, but the biggest takeaway, my biggest takeaway, and, and I'm interested for the next couple of months, is really the sequester. And I don't know if you remember all of that, but uh, that we just were talking about a couple of months ago, the automatic spending cuts that, the, the, that had bipartisan agreement. No one really wanted to do it. But they had to cut government funding. Remember, like the national parks had to lay off workers and all of that. Well, another round of government spending cuts is set to take effect in October, Leslie. And so Republicans like Senator John McCain hate this. And the the White House, in this budget, it would end the sequester. It would limit the uh, budget uh, cuts from taking place in October. But the way they want to do it, again, the devil in the details, Republicans disagree with. So this is really the first foundation for a fight in October. Okay. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, a, a lot of people, you know, over the past years would say, you know, on the right and even some Democrats, well, the president hasn't put forth the budget. A president, the president hasn't put, put, put forth the budget. Um, he has. He's also included $478 billion in infrastructure. Isn't this an area where some Republicans uh, maybe don't like the number but realize the necessity, especially when they look not just at jobs created within their home state and the money they could bring home, but because these bridges that need to be uh, repaired uh, badly in need of repair are in, entirely replaced are within their state and, and the disaster that could uh, take place if this is not addressed. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost like that campaign rhetoric, build, baby, build, right? I mean, this is something that a lot of folks outside of the Beltway can easily relate to. If you're driving on the roads right now listening to us talk, I mean, just like you can take a rock scientist to look out the window and see some of those bridges and be like, hey, wait a minute, this thing needs to, to be uh, updated. So, yeah, there is bipartisan support uh, from, from the extent of, of paying for this program that's called the Highway Trust Fund, and that's set to expire this spring. And, and Republicans and Democrats do want to uh, make sure that funding for the Highway Trust Fund, which deals a lot with infrastructure spending, getting our roads and our bridges really off of the ground 
there was some talk in Washington just the other week that they would that some Republicans would agree to raising the gas tax, especially as as gas prices have fall, fallen down. Now that's been a little bit back and forth. A lot of Republicans, if there's any tax increase, especially on something where they're hurting Americans at the pump, I'm not sure the GOP controlled Congress can get on board with that. But yes, another area I, I would expect that the, the high rate trust fund would be reaching a deal. The president indicating again today that that infrastructure is an important part of his policy objectives for the remainder of his term. Wow. And now, again, people always question whether it's a Democrat or Republican, whether it's a president or, you know, the House or the Senate putting something forth that won't make it. This is going to be chopped to pieces. But some pieces, if some pieces stay intact, is is the not just the perception, but the reality to a degree that the president has played nice with and worked with Republicans and Democrats and Republicans worked together with the president leading the helm on this budget to get things done, going to be favorable not only to his approval rating, but to, to Democrats as well, who many people fear will not be able to work with the majority in the House, which has been obviously Republican and remains with the larger majority and now a new uh, Republican majority in the Senate. Yeah, I mean, there's slicing and dicing the thing on both sides of the aisle, kind of figure out today what exactly are the areas of, of consensus and, and, and what are the areas that are just non-starters. But yeah, I mean, clearly, like I said, I mean, this is a continuation of, of the president doubling down on progressive uh, politics. I mean, this is a very progressive budget proposal, and the key word is proposal. There is no way that the, the tax increases on Americans earning more than $500,000 annually, that will never pass a Republican-controlled Congress, ever. Um, especially this Congress. So, yeah, I mean, proposals like that, not going to happen. Um, but, you know, I think it really does kind of, it, 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 like, it, it, it puts a stake in where the Democratic Party is right now. So if you're in the Senator Elizabeth Warren wing and you're hoping that the president moves to the left, this is the type of budget that will make you a little bit happier about the president as he's going to close off the term. If you're a more centrist Democrat and if you're worried about whether Hillary Clinton uh, is going to have to move for the left in a primary or, or kind of navigate that politics, I mean, this is, this is a budget. You know, I was talking with one prominent centrist Democratic think tank, the third way it's called here in Washington, D.C., and they are very upfront. There are parts of this budget that they really don't like. Uh, some of the tax code proposals are just not something that a centrist Democrats would be able to get on board with. Uh, I wanted to share some of the tweets because some people have some questions, which you're going to answer better than yeah, I uh, than I uh, I will. Um, Kitty says, Steve, how do you budget money you don't have? She asks herself that every month, which I think is a fair question to ask. So, you know, how do you budget money you don't have? I, I think a lot of taxpayers are curious about that with any government. So how how do they spend money that they don't have? Yeah, I mean, um, they're, bu- is- they're budgeting and, and, you know, to spend money they don't have. Well, that's a really good that's a really good question, and unfortunately, there's two answers. The first, <laughs> I'll give you what the Democrats say first. The first is that you have all of this money coming in from taxpayers and folks to, uh, and, and all sorts from the Federal Reserve, from all of the different regulatory agencies. They're collecting all of this money. The Federal Reserve is, is setting how much money is in the economy. This is like the very, very watered-down version. Um, and so they are able to plan for how much money they're going to have 
for the, the government is able to plan for how much money they're going to have for a set amount of time. And we have this thing that we all get worried about here in the wonk world of Washington called the debt limit. And so how much debt, and our debt right now is $18 trillion worth of debt, which is it's too big of a number to even comprehend, where every couple of months when we reach our spending limit, the government actually has to vote to raise the debt limit for how much, money, how much debt our government can have. We're going to have that debate this spring. So really, you know, it would essentially be like if you're at home and you've got, you know, maybe uh, and you've got like $5,000 worth of credit card debt, but you really want to buy something with your credit card, you and your uh, whoever helps make the decisions in your family would have to vote to be like, okay, you know what? We can raise how much debt we're going to have on our credit card to $6,000. Uh, but, of course, you know, there's a lot of risk with that. So that's what Democrats say. They say that we can keep raising the debt limit. Um, and, you know, a lot of Republicans will vote for that, too. But Republicans say that they shouldn't be spending nearly as much money, and they would like to cut government funding to all of these programs, which, of course, then you get into the politics of who's getting what money cut from where. How's you, that for an answer? And, and correct uh, them if they're wrong, but USA Today said the projected deficit for fiscal 2016 is actually the lowest since the president took office. Well, yeah, it's the lowest since he took office, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're right. I mean, that's, that's what, yeah, that's a really good point, but it's a we still have a major deficit of $18 trillion. So, I mean, yeah. But it is the lowest since you've taken office in the six years. That's a, a good point. Uh, so what do you – if you had to you know, predict, what's going to happen with this budget? Because Republican, you know, first of all, do you think Republicans are going to be the party of no, take a hatchet to everything, uh, just block it you know, because it comes from him and you know, come up with their own plan? Or do you think they're going to play nice – because of their approval ratings being so, you know, <laughs> disgustingly low and, and thinking and looking historically now, I mean, really, the la- the, the, this election and the two before in the midterms, the party's been thrown out. They got two years, really, to do what the American people elected them to do. That seems to be a pattern currently. If that pattern continues going forward, they politically can't afford just to be the party of no uh, to, you know, filibuster, and in this case it wouldn't be filibustering, but, in, you know, in, in this case just completely ignoring and denouncing anything that is proposed by the president. Well, I don't know who has the worst approval rating, Congress or the NFL's Roger Goodell. I mean, I, I mean they're both, like, such <laughs> awful but is, is, but, but is Roger propose is Roger playing in, weighing in on this budget deal? That is the question. <laughs> I hope not. You know, Republicans, may, hey, 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 Republicans may not like deflated balls, but they do like a deflated budget. But anyway, <laughs> I couldn't help <laughs> well, myself. Uh, well, to, to answer your question, uh, just my digs at Roger Goodell aside, because I'm just baffled at his lack of leadership on a host of issues. But anyway, I, I think that Republicans Republicans really right now are, are at a crossroads. They need to present uh, some sort of proposal, as you know, Leslie, so that they can fight back and not be known as the party of no. And you're right. If Hillary Clinton's at the top of the ticket, there's a lot of folks here in Washington who think that Democrats would be able to take back one of the uh, either the, the Senate, to some extent, and Nancy Pelosi says the House. I'm not sure about that. But, you know, they have to put forward a plan. So, they, so it's not enough anymore, especially when you have the majority, just to, to say that the president's budget is dead on arrival. So you have people like Paul Ryan. You have people, uh, to some extent, like Speaker Boehner, 
saying, okay, we've got to put out a plan now. Um, and in fact, over the, the last week, they, they have a commission now of top Republican lawmakers, including Paul Ryan, who are going to be leading a commission to offer an alternative to Obamacare because they realize, Leslie, that you can't just say, no, 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 you've got to have a plan. And so I would expect uh, that we're going to be seeing a lot more plans, especially from the 2016er crowd of the candidates hoping to run for president that in the Republican Party that offer alternatives to the policies that we're seeing pitched from the Democrats. But it's an excellent point, and it's a perception problem Republicans have to fight back to. Okay, we do uh, have a lot of people uh, join. Oh, we are out of time. Uh, but we will talk to you again uh, soon, my friend. Glad to have you with us as always and drive carefully there. Uh, thanks, Kev. Kevin Cirilli, finance reporter for The Hill, author of its financial services newsletter, Overnight Money. And he appears regularly on national television, regional television, radio outlets. But also you can catch him recapping the week's political headlines on MSNBC's First Look every Friday morning. To women who hoped to evade the ticking clock of time, Dr. Frederick Brandt was the most potent drug dealer in the world. And the dealer got high on his own supply. From Imperative Entertainment and the team behind Broken Hearts comes a new series that will challenge everything you know about fame, fortune, and the fear of growing old. I'm Justine Harmon, and this is The Baron of Botox.